0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is Professor Carl Ulrich. Welcome to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. I'm your host this week, Carl Aldrich. I'm the Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, as well as product design. I co-host Launchpad with Rob Connibier, and Rob is Managing Director of Shasta Ventures, a leading Silicon Valley venture capital firm. Rob and I switch off hosting duties, and I'm on duty this week. We usually broadcast from San Francisco, but I'm lucky today to be on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. It's a beautiful day. The students are back, and it's great to be on, on campus. The idea behind Launchpad is that while Rob and I both believe and understand that entrepreneurship is intrinsic risky, after all, you're doing something that typically hasn't been done before, that there's some things that you can do to increase your chances of success. So the basic idea behind the show is we interview entrepreneurs who are themselves launching and growing their businesses, and then we look for opportunities to underscore tools, principles, and methods that can help you. Some of you are, in fact, entrepreneurs, and so we definitely speak directly to you. Some of you are thinking you might want to take the plunge, and so we hope also to inform that decision. And a lot of you are just interested in learning about new things, and we also hope that you'll find the show interesting. But to start off the show, I'm joined in the studio by Rebecca Joe, who's the co-founder and CEO at Yummy Bazaar. Rebecca, thanks for coming in.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: All right. So I should disclose Rebecca is a graduate of the Wharton School, and so it's always great to welcome our graduates back to campus. Thank you. (laughs) So Yummy Bazaar, let's start by giving out the URL. It's just the word yummy and the word bazaar.com, correct? Yes. Okay. And to spell bazaar, it's B-A-Z-A-A-R. So just yummybazaar.com. Rebecca, give us the elevator pitch for Yummy sure, Bazaar. Sure,
1: absolutely. Yummy Bazaar is an online and mobile platform that is dedicated to providing the largest selection of specialty food from around the world on one place and at great value. Today, we have over three thousand different products uh, across different continents, from France to Turkey to Japan, uh, and. and we we launched the business uh, and moving to our uh, we moving to our current facility in 2016 and since then we have been growing very fast, uh, serving tens of thousands of customers.
0: All right. So you say 3,000 customers. It looks like you bought you brought about 3,000 products. Yeah, 3,000. <laughs> I'm sorry, more than 3,000 customers. 3,000 products. It seems like you brought about half of those into the studio. <laughs> so it's awesome. Tell us a little bit about about some of the products. You uh, Rebecca's been nice enough yeah uh, uh, and it, it turns out it's it's meal time, so I'm definitely excited to see all these food fu- this food. but uh, tell us a little bit about about the assortment of products you brought here. Just give us a few examples here yeah,
1: sure um so we we carry uh, some of the very of uh, our premium uh, products I like for example like the venki uh, it's considered like a farragonal of chocolate in Italy Whoa, so way- latte. <laughs>
0: Wow, it's this beautiful chocolate yeah, beautiful with uh with a hazelnut.
1: Inside. It's a um, yeah. it's a it is John chocolate made with uh, almost thirty percent hazelnut paste.
0: Wow! Um,
1: it's it, when you taste it, it melts in your mouth. Uh, it's one of a kind.
0: Wow! Can I take it?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I'm putting
0: this one in my bag. This is awesome. So, but let's just and and maybe a few other examples. Now, sure. I, I noticed there's a there's a fresh item here.
1: Yes. So we also carry some of the uh, what we call the uh, the everyday products. Like mm. For example, uh, the uh, the fresh brioche made in France. Mm. Um, it is one of the largest uh, brioche makers in France, and we we actually work directly with the brands uh, here, and we carry their full selection in the United States.
0: All right, so we've got some chocolate, we've got some bread. Uh, it looks like some salty snacks. As yes, well. yeah.
1: uh, we also have some uh, some chips from Spain, um, Germany, and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one uh, is a white truffle potato chips.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: It's a um, it's a specialty product, but every it's, a, it's an affordable luxury. Yeah, um, and anyone could just grab it and have fun with it, taste something different uh, yeah. from the typical chip that they would have like in the supermarket.
0: Yeah, so on the subject of the of the supermarket, these presumably are items I can't get in Safeway, right? Otherwise, there's no business, right? Yes,
1: yeah, some, some you might be able to find, um, but again, um, what we want to do really is to make a lot of these very hard to find uh, great, high quality product. Uh, all make them accessible to the uh, to everybody. It doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to live in a metropolitan city. You can live in, uh, Midwest, and still have the access to get these products at a great value.
0: Yeah, and and so I, I'm, you know, your name is Rebecca Joe and I know I know from because we've known each other that that you were originally from Taiwan. Uh, interesting. There, there are no, there are no Chinese <laughs> products here. So, so tell us a little bit about the origin story and where this assortment comes from.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah sure. Um, so we work with a, uh, we work with a lot of uh, a lot of brands and supplier, uh, and and we also work with a lot of the, uh, the art- U.S. artisanal makers. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like this particular one, uh, the Terrapin Ridge Farm. Uh, it's a company in uh, in Florida. And they make very high-quality condiments, and this is actually one of their most popular products, the hot pepper bacon jam.
0: Wow, hot pepper bacon jam. Wow, amazing. And so this is actually not an international product. This is a U.S. product.
1: Correct, correct. So we carry specialty product, and because U.S. is also part of the world, um, so expanding U.S. is also one of our, uh, our, our key priorities. Yeah.
0: Well, just to, I mean, I would think if I were looking for this, I would probably try Amazon first. So why why can't or why doesn't Amazon do this? Sure, yeah. sure.
1: Um, so uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, you can find some of these products on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these specialty food products on, uh, they are really carried by the third party seller. Mm-hmm. So you could be buying just single one one jar. And as you know, on Amazon they provide free shipping, but the shipping is really uh, it's really uh, uh, included in the uh, in the product.
0: Call. Of course, yeah.
1: Yeah. So as soon as you start wanting to build a basket, let's say you want something a little bit from the U.S., a little bit from Japan, a little mm-hmm. bit from France. Um, shopping at Yummy Bazaar will give you that great value. You don't overpay for shipping. You're not dealing with multiple third-party sellers. Yeah. You're just uh, you just doing the business with Yummy Bazaar, um, and we, we're also known for our great service.
0: Yeah. And so maybe walk us through a little bit the user experience. So you said there are 3,000 products. And, yes. um, and so well, actually I should just ask you, I can imagine the shopping experience being easier on a desktop uh, PC or a notebook, and I'm, I'm probably projecting my own eyesight and and usability concerns. But are most of your customers ordering on mobile?
1: Uh, we have a lot of customers; they are uh, they're browsing on mobile. Yeah, uh, and it is actually one of our uh, one of our priority to also enhance their mobile shopping experience, mm-hmm. and that's also really uh, something uh, we want to focus on yeah. on this year.
0: So maybe um, just walk us through, I, I didn't mean to derail us into the tech question, but more uh, walk us through the shopping experience. So what do I see when I go to yummybazaar.com?
1: Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, so when, you, when you're you on yummybazaar.com, you have um, multiple ways of shopping. Um, you can browse by regions, for mm-hmm. example, some of our customer uh, some, a lot of our repeat customers, they come back, they want to, let's say, they they might, uh, they might learn about some recipes uh, on a traveling channel or cooking channel. So they go to Korea to look for a particular product. And should, that's one way to shop. And they can also, let's say, go into the, uh, the you chocolate mean, section. You
0: mean when you say they go to Korea, they go to the Korea section on your yes. website? Okay.
1: Yes, they yeah. they go to the Korea section. On you're, the... <laughs> you're actually
0: saving them a trip to Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
1: Exactly. Yes, yeah. we have a lot of customer telling us that um, with Yummy Bazaar now, when they travel back from France, they don't have to carry a luggage of uh, of great food right. anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: very funny. And and then and then maybe you could also speak to is your typical customer. Uh, a returning customer so yeah, yeah. we yeah.
1: have a, we have a lot of uh, uh return customers mm-hmm. a lot of the time uh, they come in just looking probably looking for a particular product mm-hmm. uh, and after experiencing our great service and of, of course the great uh, the great products uh, they build that confidence with us so then they come back they become uh, very open-minded and they try different products yeah. and provide a lot of our uh, the feedback to us
0: And so presumably they can also develop a list of items that they buy repeatedly and that that should be easier. I should confess, I shouldn't confess, I should brag that that I'm one of your customers and I've enjoyed (laughs) the shopping experience. Thank and you. and I yeah I, it's interesting because there is also a, there's there's both a search for a specific item but there's also this discovery process of hey what other cool stuff is is out there absolutely
1: yeah. absolutely this uh, discovery is definitely a, a very important uh, factor when, for customer when shopping uh, shopping with us and uh, it's also one of our uh, one of the key initiatives that we would like to focus is how do you help customer discover a lot of these amazing products. Uh, and how can we also improve our, our, our product recommendation when they are making, let's say, a, a, a Japanese recipe. What are the other uh, other different products they might be interested in? And we have tons of data mm-hmm. to also really help uh, making the shopping experience a lot more smooth as well.
0: Okay, so we, we just briefly... I mentioned it, but why don't you go back and tell me the origin story. Where did Yummy Bazaar come from?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So it really all started uh, as a personal challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I love to cook, and uh, even though uh, back in the time I was just living five minutes away uh, from Manhattan, um, I still found buying a lot of these uh, authentic um, ingredients to be incredibly challenging. Mm Uh, You either have to go to multiple places where there's just no uh, very limited selection uh, in a lot of the bricks and mortar store. Um, Sometimes the uh, the selection could also be very inconsistent. Uh, Some store may decide to carry certain things and then uh, drop certain products uh, a few months later. So after a lot of these very tiring shopping experience, uh, it finally just came to me that, boy, it would have been so much easier if there are just all these products, all these specialty products, all in one place and online um, and just simply at a great price. Uh, so that's how we started.
0: <laughs> I see. You know, you started, so let me just underscore two things. One is that as with I would say the majority of entrepreneurs that I have on the show, the initial impetus for the idea came about because of personal challenge or something that you observed in, in your own life. But you said something interesting. Your The origin story talked about ingredients and hard to find ingredients, and yet... My observation of the site and certainly the sample you've brought here is that most of these are actually prepared foods, are ready to eat yes. foods. So, did the mission drift a little bit? Uh,
1: no. Uh, we still focus on um, both categories yeah. uh, qu- uh, quite significantly, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so we uh, we have uh, we have a tons of. Um, uh, for example, we, we recently we did a uh, we did a great expansion uh, in, uh, in in German uh, German categories, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cooking ingredients, uh, sauce, uh, herbs. Um, so we 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 we're, we're, we're foc- uh, both both categories are equally important for us.
0: Yeah. So um, let's go back to that origin. You had this epiphany that there was a gap in the marketplace. Um, how did you then proceed to validate? the opportunity I mean I would have thought on first glance it would strike me as a tough business uh, because you are competing with I mean I would I would have just guessed that there were a bunch of existing retailers that do sure. this kind of thing so how'd you validate the opportunity
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely um so initially I was thinking that uh um, yes you are know, uh carrying grace woman from Italy friends uh Japan, um, it would be a uh, a relatively niche business. Mm-hmm. However, a collection of those all those uh, all those niche business would still become a, a pretty significant uh, business size. Mm-hmm. And so that was the uh, the whole initial idea. As we thought that uh, a lot of people might be, you know, even people like a demographic, uh, like people with uh, with certain uh, certain um, uh, ethnic background, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, however a few months into the business I think it was a pleasant surprise that most of our customer they're, they 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 are across the board they're from coast to coast uh, a lot of them they just simply because of all these cooking channel and traveling channel they're just simply curious yeah. um, to try these products uh, and so it turned out it was a it, it was a uh, the, uh, the 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 the, um, the customer base that, that we are actually seeing is actually quite different from what I was initially anticipating. Initially, I was just sim- simply thinking about putting everything in one place and providing that convenience. And it turns out a lot of people just have that same curiosity for the food.
0: Yeah. Did you do any... I mean, you, you're you a Wharton MBA. Did you did you do any kind of market sizing calculations of how big the opportunity was when you started? Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. We, we, we did some market sizing initially mm. as well. Um, we look at the... Um, uh, we look at this, uh, the specialty food industry, uh, obviously comparing to the grocery, mm. uh, it, it's a niche. However, it's a it's a giant niche, it's a yeah. $130 billion industry oh, wow. uh, with just only 16% online penetration. Uh, the market is very fragmented, uh, and when we look at the market, there's really not a great online business that's just offering these great products uh, at a great price and great service. Mm. So we we look at that and we thought well uh, it, you know we could probably build something uh something out of it.
0: Yeah, you know it's pretty interesting what you just said and so I'm going to underscore the the point there are one of the real advantages of online businesses is that they can aggregate a lot of geographically distributed demand, right? So you have You wouldn't think any – your local Safeway, particularly if you live in, I don't know, Topeka, probably isn't going to carry the full assortment. Right. Um, But you, serving the whole country, can can aggregate that demand and actually get scale and have more assortment. So that's, I think, a pretty good general principle. On the other side, though, I would think the – the freight economics would be a little bit challenging so maybe talk a little bit through what are the unit economics on on online retail like this where any single item is relatively low dollar dollar value right
1: yeah you're absolutely right just like many online business uh shipping is always going to be one of your major costs uh, after your product cost and i think the key really is to uh to reach that skill and also making sure that uh, we strategically uh build additional fulfillment center mm. uh, in order to reduce that cost. Uh, and uh, diapers.com, for example, that was where I used to work at. Um, it's a very, very smart company. They strategically located uh, three of the fulfillment center mm. um, to help making sure that shipping costs uh, 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 this, uh, does not become a, a a giant portion of their uh, their their their, uh, their cost. Um, and right now, shipping from New Jersey to California, absolutely, it's a it's a major cost. Mm-hmm. However, once we, uh, once we, build a West Coast facility center, uh, that will dramatically reduce our shipping costs as well. So it's really uh, about building the co- uh, Sorry, building <coughs> building the uh, the infrastructure, uh, and reaching that uh, that skilling quickly, and uh, to to uh, to make the economics so make sense.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Carl Ulrich, and I'm speaking with Rebecca Joe, who's the co-founder and CEO of Yummy Bazaar. Rebecca, you just alluded to your background at, at diapers.com, and I wonder if you could speak a little bit about that. So tell me what you were doing before you started this, and what gave you the confidence that you could start and run this business?
1: Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so... I interned at Deborah.com, uh while I was in uh, business school. Mm-hmm. I did supply chain, and that's really the time when I really fell in love with operations. Uh, a lot of these are uh, uh, sort of like not uh, not the uh, the not directly customer facing, not mm-hmm. on like the marketing part. Um, so I I, I I developed a working knowledge, role, uh, in, in the operation side of it, and I returned the company uh, full time after graduation and there i manage subscription services uh, of uh, kind of like the amazon subscribe and save yeah. uh for their consumable brands mm-hmm. uh, and i manage i work with the tech team uh, to uh, manage uh, uh, building the, the product brought out like a front like a technology product um, and after doing that for a year, and even uh, and also before uh, before diapers.com, I was also in, in uh, working uh, as an online marketing manager. So with the online marketing uh, experience and also having that operations, supply chain, and managing product uh, uh, experience, I thought that, hey, uh, why not give it a shot? Uh, and when, when looking at a lot of these very great, successful e-commerce business model, uh, it really all come down to, Three key uh, uh, factors: mm-hmm. really, the great product, and great great service, uh, and great value. And that's mm-hmm. a that's those are the key things that I also learned at diapers.com.
0: Yeah. Well, let's give a shout out to Mark Laurie, who's the founder <laughs> of Diapers, and is also a Wharton uh, grad. and And uh, he's been on our show, by the way. So you've, you you I've, I've heard the diaper. I think our list some of our listeners know the the Diapers story. Um, so that's great background. Yeah, maybe. Uh, You could say a little bit about the operational choices you made. So you're based in New Jersey now. You're currently serving the entire U.S. from, from one location. But I'm more interested in, as a startup, how you think about what part of this business you have to do for yourself and what for what you can rely on others. Uh, talk a little bit about the sort of make-buy decision and what you decide you had to do yourselves uh-huh. versus what you could rely on others to do.
1: Sure, yeah. Yeah. sure. Um, so a few months into the business, we realized that it is going to be uh, very important for us to also own the uh, the fulfillment center, mm-hmm. the, the whole operations. Because if we want to be known uh, as a service company, just like many great e commerce companies out there, like Zappos.com, they're known for their amazing service. It want, if we also want to be known for that, not just our product and great value, it will be very, very important to own the entire operations, owning that, making sure that we control. That shopping experience mm-hmm. from start all the way to finish. Um, so initially, we we, we tried third-party uh, logistics uh, logistics services, uh, and, and later on, we uh, we bought a house. Uh,
0: Wait, 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 wait. Okay, connect those two things. Yeah, buying you bought a house. Yes,
1: yeah. just um because, with uh, a big garage with a two car garage. Ah, I see. Uh, yeah. That we uh, that we converted into a uh, a fully air conditioned warehouse space. Wow, uh, it's metal. It's uh, it's uh, you walking there. It does not feel like a, like a, wow. car, uh, a garage at all.
0: So you you literally start in the garage. Uh, yes, yeah. just yeah. like a lot of startups yeah. starting in the garage. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, yes. and then and then. W- how did you? At what point did you say, "Okay, this is really going to work," and we got to get out of the garage?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, after fulfilling a, a, a lot of older and uh, me and my, my partner, we we're, we're, we start thinking, "Oh boy, uh, we're, we're going to max out this uh, uh, max out the garage very soon." Mm-hmm. We start uh, we start talking to different investors and. And, uh, and and there's uh, investors that are, they're really interested in what we're doing, and and they visit us, and uh, they decide to back us, and that's when we when we move out of the garage uh, into our current facility, uh, it's in South Jersey, and uh, we're just about 25 minutes away from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past June, uh, we actually uh, expanded our facility, and we we are taking uh, taking over two units uh, uh, in that. Uh, the the, the warehouse park right now
0: yeah so maybe say a little bit you know I know you won't give us exact details but give us a sense of how it's going how much traction you've got at this point yeah
1: sure um we uh, right now we have tens of thousands of our customers, mm-hmm. and we uh, this year we uh, we are already a multi million dollar company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been growing very very fast, mm-hmm. and uh, we we continue to see that uh, similar growth rate this year as well. Um, so we're very excited. Yeah. We are fo- uh, focusing on on expanding our products and reaching uh, and and expanding our customer base.
0: So let's and then you alluded to the early financing. So I want to take you back to that. And suggested, if I heard correctly, that when you were in the garage, you were you were you were bootstrapping. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. We
1: bootstrapped initially. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so, what did you have to prove before you could convince an outside investor to give you the first money? Uh, yeah.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah. So we, we bootstrapped uh, initially. Um, we uh, are putting a lot of personal savings uh, into the business, and we grow the business. Uh, to To a point where we can show potential investors that uh, uh, there are they, they are uh, it's not just like a very, very, like a like a niche lifestyle business. Yeah. You know? it 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 could, it it could it's a business that has the potential for scaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really when we feel that was the right time to uh, uh, to also engage in those conversations with potential investors. Uh, initially, what we did is that we just focused on building the business and really building that that great experience, mm-hmm. uh, which was hard uh, when you're bootstrapping. You're putting on a lot of uh, a lot of financial risk and, yeah. uh, into into the business.
0: Yeah. All right. Tell a bit about tell us a little bit about aspiration. What do you hope to Yummy Bazaar can become?
1: Sure. Uh, we, want to be, uh, we, we want to be known uh, as the go-to place for a lot of these uh, high-quality, uh, great specialty food uh, from, from around the world. Uh, we want to be the solution for our customers, uh, and be that uh, when someone is l- looking for those hard-to-find key ingredients mm-hmm. to, to make that special recipe, we want to be the solution for our customer. Uh, That's what we want to be known for in the long term.
0: And and what are the key levers that you have to pull in order to get bigger?
1: Sure. Uh, So it's all about uh, really focusing on building great relationship with your uh, with the brand, with Mm -hmm. the suppliers, Mm -hmm. uh, with your uh, with your customers, Uh, and that's what we focus a lot at, at Yummy Bazaar.
0: All right. Well. Rebecca, our time went very quickly. It's such an interesting story, something I think everyone can relate to. Thanks so much for bringing the samples in. And I'm going to tell all our listeners, get out there. Check out yummybazaar.com because there's really some amazing food here. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. The show airs live on Wednesdays from seven to nine p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes.
1: For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.